Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Johnson Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by Billy Mills Orchestra. friend, you give him a friendly smile and a hand clasp. Have you ever stopped to think that a friend's first glimpse of your home is like that first friendly smile? That's why colorful linoleum kept beautifully polished with Johnson's Glow Coat is so appropriate in your front entrance hall or outside vestibule. With Glow Coat, you can keep all your linoleum surfaces glistening with a minimum of work. From the letters of praise that I see myself, I know that Glow Coat has outstanding popularity the world over. It's recommended by linoleum manufacturers themselves and used in millions of homes with supreme satisfaction. Glowcoat needs no rubbing or buffing. Takes practically no work from you. Simply apply and let dry. Then come back in 20 minutes to find your floors smiling at you. Regular care with Johnson's self-polishing Glowcoat adds greatly to the life of your linoleum. Use it on your asphalt or rubber tile and finished wood floors, too. The people at 79 Wistful Vista bought a car a few weeks ago, and it's just been delivered. And the master is at this moment offering to tutor the little woman for her degree of FSD, front seat driver. As we meet, Fibber McGee and Molly. Now then, before you start actually learning to drive, Mrs. McGee, there are certain things you got to know, elementary things. Like traffic regulations, driving courtesy, rules of the road, and all stuff like that there. All right, dearie. Good. (laughs) Now, suppose you were in the left-hand lane and you wanted to turn right. What would you do? Put both hands on the right-hand side of the steering wheel and yank down. (laughs) Oh, no, no. You can't make a right-hand turn from a left-hand lane. It's illegal. You gotta fix it. Oh, McGee, it's that new lady next door. Come in. Good day. Have you done any boxing, Mr. McGee? Oh, I've shuffled around a bit, sis. <laughs> Nothing professional. Why? Well, my cousin, Punchy McClatchy, the prize fighter, is looking for a sparring partner. He has a big fight coming up next month. <laughs> what heavenly days, Mr. McClatchy's 60 pounds heavier and 10 inches taller than my husband. It'd be murder. Yes, we're trying to build up his confidence. <laughs> Think it over, will you, Mr. McGee? We pay $2 a round and your insurance premiums. Well... That's the best offer I've had since 1918 when they offered me 30 bucks a month to fight the German army. (laughs) I wonder if she's his manager. I don't know, but he can use one. (laughs) All McClatchy's brains are in his knuckles. That round thing up there between his shoulders is just to keep his ears from chafing each other. (laughs) That guy has spent more time on the canvas than Mona Lisa. (laughs) 
He's so dumb. Oh, listen, never mind huh? him. Let's get to my driving lesson. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, uh, how about signals, dearie? Uh, when do I put my hand out for what? <laughs> Look, Tootsie, you're a woman. Thank you. <laughs> and after I teach you to drive, you'll be a woman driver. Yes. And women drivers aren't supposed to know about signals. It ain't expected of them. When a woman driver sticks out her hand, it's because, A, she wonders if it's raining, B, she's got a new diamond ring, or C, her nail polish is still wet. Now, just a minute, McGee. I've known some pretty good women drivers. There isn't a man in Whistle Vista who drives as carefully as Mrs. Carstairs. Carstairs? Why, certainly. I rode downtown with her yesterday, and she stayed right in the safety zones all the way. <laughs> well, this may take a little longer than I'd planned. Now, look, the first thing you do when you get into a car is... Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Molly. And good day to you, Moose Jaw. <laughs> Am I interrupting a family tete-a-tete or something? No, uh, McGee's just started to teach me to drive, Doctor. Yeah, we're starting from scratch, Aerosmith. <laughs> if you'll take a look at our fenders at the end of the week, you'll see what I mean. I am very sorry to hear about this, my friends, although you will probably be interesting case histories for my book. Heavenly days, Doctor. Are you writing a book? Yeah, yeah. He's writing a book entitled, How to Remove Tonsils or I'd Cut Your Throat for a Hundred Bucks. <laughs> No, I am preparing a semi-scientific work on the effect of the internal combustion engine on the human race. How the automobile has changed our lives from the standpoint of health. Yes, it's been a wonderful thing, hasn't it? Gets the doctors to their patients so much faster. That is a minor point, my dear. The human body, such as it is, was designed to function best when man walked on all fours with the internal organs suspended from the spinal column. Then man started walking upright because, I suppose, he found he could get into telephone booths better that way. Ah, oh, no. He quit walking on all fours, Doc, because stuff kept falling out of his coat pockets. That's an interesting theory, Mouseface. Mm. Anyway, no sooner had men learned to walk upright than some practical joker invented the automobile. Yes. And now any person who takes a long walk in the woods is considered a tramp. An eccentric or just plain stupid. Hmm. When did you take your last walk in the woods, Doctor? Yesterday afternoon. My car broke down and I had to hike four miles to a filling station. It was horrible. Yeah. I'm afraid you're just a horse and buggy, Doctor, at heart. And you could sell the buggy and just be a horse, Doctor. Splendid idea. I'll start carrying a revolver in case you break your leg. <laughs> oh, no, for goodness sake. McGee, if you're going to teach me to drive today, you better get with it. Yeah, I'll say so. I will if this gabby old dreamer will go away. You mean, my dear, that you're actually entrusting life and limb, if you'll pardon the expression, to this lead-footed linthead? Say, he's a good driver, Doctor. Back in Peoria, he always used to take me for rides. Oh, I'll say. Every moonlight night, people would see us go whizzing by and say, Well, there goes little Molly Driscoll and her favorite swine. <laughs> no, not swine, dearie. You mean swain. I do? I thought a swain was one of them long-necked birds that swim in the pond at the park. 
That, my ignorant little Audubon, is a swan. Why, certainly. Oh, yeah. Don't give me that stuff, kids. A swan is a Hindu fortune teller. You're thinking of a swami. Is he really, Doctor? You know, I always thought a swami was kind of an Italian sausage. <laughs> that is salami. And as far as you two fugitives from Guffey's third reader are concerned, Noah Webster lived in vain. Well, if you're so smart, what did I say wrong in the beginning? You said swine when you meant swain. And a swine is a hog, and a hog on the road is a road hog, and accept my apologies. You were right in the first place. <laughs> Dr. Gamble, you have insulted me under my own roof. Take your hat, sir, and go. I wasn't wearing a hat. <laughs> Wear one of mine. Thank you. Where is it? Right here in the hall closet? No! There's no hats in there. Joey Mills in the orchestra and what I did... Take weeks to teach me to drive. Ah, Pata, I'm a born teacher. You know that. Yeah. I remember you almost made a Finnish swimmer out of Uncle Dennis in one lesson. Oh, that's right. You shoved him off the dock and he went down like a bucket of beer at a political picnic. <laughs> well, you can't teach a guy to swim when he's got the hiccups. <laughs> Every time he'd head for the dock, he'd hiccup and shoot himself back five feet. <laughs> Hey, that reminds me. Did I fill the car with gas? <laughs> well, you went down to the filling station this morning. Well, I hope it runs okay. That cheap gas ain't much good. Well, then why do you buy it? Don't cost as much. Oh? 
Besides, he don't usually have much of the high-test stuff. <laughs> you know what he says when I ask him how the good gas was holding out? What did he say, she asked, jabbing the parson slyly in the ribs? <laughs> he says he can fuel some of the people some of the time, and some of the people all the time, but he can't fuel all the people all the time. <laughs> don't you get it, Molly? It's a play on words. I says fuel instead of fool, and that... Hey, ain't funny, McGee. Oh. <laughs> That's strange. It's one of my standard oil jokes. <laughs> Well, throw a wrap over your soft shoulders and dangerous curves, Tootsie. <laughs> I hear the call of the open road. Well, you go get the car started, dearie. I want to run upstairs and get my coat. Okay, Mommy. All right. Now, let me see. What do I need? Road maps, driver's license, identification. In a show like this, there's bound to be cop trouble. <laughs> That's everything. Nice day. It's a pretty good-looking bus we got at that. It ain't as long as Carstairs' limousine, but it's a heck of a lot higher. <laughs> Besides, it's... Hey. Hey, what are you doing in my car, lady? Oh, <laughs> isn't any lady, I bet you. It's just me. Oh. Oh, hi, Teeny. What are you doing in there? Oh, uh, just playing, mister. Oh. I was pretending I was Joan Crawford and my chauffeur was driving me to the studio to make a picture with Van Johnson and Clark Gable and they were having a fight to see who would kiss me. (laughs) (laughs) And who did, sis? Robert Walker. (laughs) Van Johnson, Clark Gable, and Robert Walker, eh? Well, who do you like best? Roy Rogers. (laughs) You're kind of playing the field, aren't you, sis? Well... Mister, when one is in the public eye, one must be romantic. Mm-hmm. One must all... Hey, mister, you think I'm a good type for movies, hmm, do you, hmm? Yes, I do, sis. Gee, honest, mister? Mm-hmm. How do I do it, hmm? How do I get in the movies? Oh, you mean you want to be an actress? Sure. I want to have a lot of pretty clothes and have little thin eyebrows and be a pinup girl. And when the war's over, I'll travel all over... Hey, 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 hey. When the what? When the war's over, I'll travel all over. Hey, hey, where you been, sis? The war is over. Yeah? <laughs> you tried to get a hotel reservation lately, mister? <laughs> oh, no, but gee whiz. And, and when the war's over, I'll travel all over Europe and Indiana and take a suit at the Waldorf Astoria. Sweet. Hmm? You'll take a suite. Okay, Roy Rogers. <laughs> and then... Now, yeah. look, sis, I, I don't like to be a barnacle on your dreamboat. But I got to use this car, you see. Would you mind climbing out of there? Where are you going, mister? Where are you going? I, I got nothing to do. I can go with you, Richie. Well, you sure you can if you want to. I'm just taking my wife out for a driving lesson. Well, I says I was just going to take my wife out for a driving lesson. Oh, boy. That's all, brother. Let me out of here. <laughs> Silly kid. Daydreaming about getting into the movies. Hey, that reminds me, that casting director, 20th Century Fox, never did mail my photographs back. <laughs> he sent return postage on them, too. Who are you talking to, McGee? Huh? Oh! <laughs> Myself, I think. <laughs> A little girl from across the street. You ready for your first driving lesson, kiddo? I am. Okay, get in. Ah, now then. The first thing you do is insert the key in the ignition. Well, that doesn't seem very complicated. Then you step on the starter, see? Like this. 
Doggone it, what do you suppose? Well, uh, now, when I rode with Dr. Gamble the last time, huh? he turned the key in the ignition. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, ah, that's very clever of you, my dear. <laughs> I just want to see if you're paying attention. <laughs> Certainly we turn the key like this. Then we step on the starter. Well, what's wrong? We're not moving. I haven't put it in gear yet. You see this lever here? Yeah. That's the gear shift. Yeah. Here's low, here's second, and here's high. High. This is reverse up here. When it wobbles like this, it's in neutral. Well, let's drive with a neutral for a while till I get used to it then. <laughs> you can't drive a car with the gears in neutral. Well, then what do they have a neutral gear for? That's for when you're not driving. That's ridiculous to put a gear on a car to use when you're not driving. <laughs> it ain't to use when you're not driving. It's when you... Look, when it's in neutral, it's not in gear. When you put the car in... You can learn all that stuff later. <laughs> now watch carefully. We're ready to go. I put it in reverse... Like this. Just ease it in gently. Dead rest of dead Aren't you supposed to do something with the clutch or something first? Ah, now you're catching on. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Depress the clutch pedal. Put the gear shift lever in reverse. Release the clutch slowly while accelerating slightly. And we back gently out of the driveway. Hmm. Did you look to see if there were any cars coming? No, there's never any traffic on this street during this time of the day. Hey, hey where are you going? Hey. Now, look here, bud. You had plenty of time to see me backing out of my own driveway. It's yokel drivers like you that cause... Calm me. yourself, pal. Calm yourself. There's no damage done. Heavenly days, it's Mr. Wilcox. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Junior, whizzing through a residential neighborhood like that. You were doing at least 45 for sheer reckless driving. Uh, excuse me, pal. I've been parked at the curb here for 45 minutes. <laughs> been making out some sales reports. Feel my radiator. Stone cold. My goodness, he's right, McGee. Huh? It's as cold as a penguin's pinky. <laughs> well, he could have honked his horn, couldn't he? <laughs> Sitting there in his car, paying no attention whatsoever to passing traffic. That's the kind of negligence that causes accidents, Junior. Let me see your driver's license. Okay, here. Read that. Johnson's Car New cleans and polishes your car in one simple application. Just apply and let dry, then wipe it off with a soft cloth and... Hey, this isn't a driver's license. <laughs> well, no, that's what you might call a car owner's license. Because a man who takes pride in the appearance of his car is quite likely to keep it in good mechanical condition, too. Yeah, but what that got to do Did with... Did you the... ever hear of Statute <laughs> 75, Paragraph 7, Page 12, in the old book? No. What statute is that, Mr. Wilcox? It states definitely that the operator of a motor vehicle, which is ipso facto protected from road grime, dampness, and dust with Johnson's car new, is per se, under the law, assumed to be a person of responsibility and intelligence and is to be given the benefit of doubt in all controversies. Hmm. And that's me, pal. Look at that beautiful showroom shine on my car. That's because car and you always... How long has that statute been in effect, Mr. Wilcox? Oh, it isn't in effect yet, Molly. I'm trying to get it through the city council right now. Oh. Well, your car ain't hurt, if so. <laughs> but who's going to pay for my dented fender? You are, facto. <laughs> okay, Percy. <laughs> Just wanted to have everything clear. Well, come on, Molly, get in. See you later, Mr. Wilcox. Okay, Molly. 
Uh, going for a little spin, pal? I'm teaching Molly how to drive, Junior. Want to come along just for laughs? <laughs> Look, pal, you see how my hand shakes? See how my face twitches? Have you noticed I have a slight limp? Yeah, what's the matter with you? I taught my wife to drive six months ago. Oh. I never got over it. How'd you hurt your foot? I kept sticking it through the floorboard and burning it on the engine. <laughs> See you later, pal. Oh, dear. Ah, that boy, that boy, that boy. Poor Junior. I'd be nervous, too, with a man from the finance company in the back seat. <laughs> Shall we go, Molly? Yes, let's. Let's. I'll just drive around the quiet streets first, Molly. We can try you out in downtown traffic later on. Now about emergencies. What would you do if a big 10-ton truck should shoot out in front of you? Scream and scrounge down on the floor. No, no, no. I mean if you were driving. Oh, scream and jump over into the back seat. <laughs> well, we'll take that up later. Now when I... McGee. Hey, hey. Listen, I hear a siren. Yeah. Must be a fire someplace. Let's go see this. Huh? Let's go see. Huh? Where's the siren? Up ahead? I can't tell. Listen now. No? It's off to the left there, isn't it? No, oh, I think it's over to the right. But we'll find it. I haven't chased a fire engine in years. Hang on, baby. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> Must be. I smell smoke. That's just your vet smoldering. Huh? You dropped some cigar ashes on oh. Must be getting closer, Molly. That siren is louder. Try Maple Street, dearie. There hasn't been a fire on Maple Street for years. Okay, hold your hat. was in one, and I was just now. Must be an awful big fire someplace, though, even if we couldn't find it. Hey, you know what? I can still hear them sirens. Listen. Don't look now, dearie, but the long arm of the law is with us up to the elbow. <laughs> all right, Mac, where's the fire? We don't know, but we've been looking all over town for it. Did you hear all them sirens? The siren was me, Mac. Huh? I've been chasing you for 20 minutes. You went through a red light at 14th Street. How red was it? Very red, lady. Like a sergeant's eyeballs at 5 a.m. <laughs> and you passed a streetcar on the left at Oak and 12th. Oh, I had to do that, bud. I was driving in the car tracks and there's a switch there. <laughs> I see. Well, can you explain knocking over a small banana truck at Elm and Foster? My goodness, I wish I'd have seen that. We need some bananas. You have some, lady. You have about $35 worth. They're a little bruised, but they're all yours. Now, just a darn minute, officer. Your can... driver's license, please. Here. It's a little ragged, but my goodness, he's had it for 13 years. What of it? He's only missed four renewals. Uh, let me see your draft registration card, please. Oh, flattery. No, ma'am, O'Reilly. <laughs> All right, Mr. McGee, what's your business? Oh, my gosh. For 12 years, I've been afraid somebody would ask me that. <laughs> Never mind, you'll probably have to close it up for about 90 days anyway. Huh? Uh, here you are. This summons is to be presented in traffic court, not later than 9 a.m., Tuesday, November 27th. Huh? And it's been grand meeting you both. Good day. 
Hey, Molly. You know what? No, what? I forgot to find out where the fire was. Well, I must say, dearie, that as a lesson in driving, this was... Oh, there's Mayor Latrivia. You Oh, hi, Latrivia. You're just the guy I wanted to see. Hello, Molly. Hello, McGee. What's the matter? <laughs> McGee just got a citation, Your Honor. Yeah. Well, congratulations, McGee. You certainly waited long enough for it. Uh, what's it for? The Battle of Chateau Theory or Below Wood? It ain't an army citation, Latrivia. One of your cops just give me it. Here, look at it. Hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> You seem to be charged with everything except fratricide, arson, perjury, and jury tampering. Uh, what do you want me to do about this, McGee? I want you to fire that cop. I want him transferred so far out in the sticks, he'll have to trap muskrats to keep busy. <laughs> what did he do? He gave us a summons. That's what he did. Well, was he rude about it? He was so darn polite, he made my blood boil. Don't he know how to act like a cop? Don't he ever go to the movies? <laughs> McGee, the officer was perfectly right. I washed my hands of the whole thing. Certainly, Your Honor. Just walk inside and it's to the right at the head of the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> when you come back, Latrivia, I want to talk to you about... When the... I come back from where? Washing your hands. I'm not going to wash my hands, Mrs. Oh, McGee. now if you're afraid of soiling our guest towels, Mrs. McGee. I'm McGee. not afraid of soiling your towels, Mrs. McGee. I had no intention of washing my hands. Oh, you didn't. Now look here, Latrivia. You listen to me, McGee. I'm not going to get into one of those wrangles with you. And I am not going to use my office as mayor to humiliate a police officer who is only doing his duty. Some of your infractions may have been overlooked, but speeding through the city streets at 42 miles an hour... Can I help it if my accelerator sticks? Yes, can he help it? Oh, so your accelerator sticks. Yes. It does. Ah, a likely story. That has been the guilty motorist's favorite alibi since the automobile was just a loud noise and a bad smell. Yeah. Okay, Latrivia, if you don't want to take my word for it. If... All right, now, let's all go in the house and have a slug of tea. <laughs> Put the car in the garage, McGee. Oh, I can't. I'm too nervous. Can't you do it? Good heavens, no. Not after just one letter. Uh, I'll put your car away for you, McGee. Is the key in it? Yeah, thanks, Latrivia. But if you don't... Oh, now, don't worry. I know how to drive. Okay, pal. Oh, heavenly days. Why, he went right through the back of the garage. Are you hurt, Mr. Mayor? No, no, I'm all right. And uh, you can tear up that citation, McGee. Your accelerator does stick. Well, what do you know? It's the first time I've ever done that. so many extra uses for Johnson's Wax, we're apt sometimes to forget that its first use is to protect and beautify your floors. After all, they get the hardest wear of any part of your home. If a floor isn't beautiful, it's almost impossible to have a lovely, attractive room. On the other hand, a gleaming, richly polished floor sets off your furnishings to their best advantage. So there's every reason to keep all of your floors well-polished and well-protected with genuine Johnson's Wax. Actually, they take on greater beauty with every waxing. The tough film of Johnson's Wax seals the pores of the wood against dirt and moisture, 
protects the finish itself, and thus saves costly refinishing. Now, you needn't re-wax the entire floor. You can touch up as often as necessary those areas of extra heavy traffic, such as doorways and the entrance hall. And remember also that a Johnson waxed home is a clean home, and a clean home is more healthful. Ladies and gentlemen, we have all been asked again to buy victory bonds. But we don't know why anybody has to be asked. Because investing $3 to get 4 is really a favor to ourselves. Buying security for us and our families and preventing a ruinous inflation would uh, seem to be simple common sense. Of course, if you feel that the care of our wounded and the rehabilitation of our fighting men, the protection of the families of those who lost their lives is important... Those are pretty good reasons, too. Yes, it might even be said that the USA holds your IOU. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.